Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Um, as y'all know, uh, for the last few Wednesdays, we've been on a, on a series, a sermon series. Um, help me out. Say, blank is not your job. It's not your job. It's not our job. Blank is not our job. Uh, the first week we had it, uh, the first week was uh, the outcome is not our job. Who remembers that message a few weeks ago? The outcome is not our job. And we talked about how the outcome belongs to the Lord, but the obedience belongs to us. So we don't have to worry about how things turn out as long as we know we're just being obedient to God. Uh, the second week uh, was uh, changing people is not our job. Changing people is not our job. I know a lot of people like that. For the people who always try to tell them what's wrong and what's right and how to change this and how to do that. Uh, and what we talked about that night was changing people is not our job. That's God's job. Our job is just to love people and to encourage them. And then the third uh, this past week uh, was the how. The how is not our job. And we talked about how, how things turn out, the, the plans of, of, of God, that, that belongs to him. It doesn't belong to us. Uh, we just need to be in his will, and we don't have to worry about how he does it. We just have to make sure we know who does it. Amen. Um, so tonight is the final night of Blank is Not Our Job uh, series. And I'm just excited to close this series out. And uh, we'll be doing more Wednesday night series in the future. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just glad that we're able to tie this one in a knot, tie a bow over it. And I think, I'm telling you guys, it's going to be an awesome night. Uh, so we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 38 through 45. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 through 45. And before I, I go on, I mean, who's thankful that we got these new lights up here? Let's give a hand clap to the media team. I look, I was looking on camera, I look so clear. So you probably see some, you know, things you never haven't seen before. Because, man, the light's better, so you might see, you know, some here's out of place. I don't know, I tried, I tried, guys. Uh, but, man, it feels, it looks like so much brighter on here, it looks so much better. Uh, the media team, great job, guys. I did a great job uh, doing that. So let's read the scripture. It's, ooh. Well, let's give God a hand clap for that one. Instincts are still intact, all right? Uh, almost lost laptop there. So verse 38, it says, You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, in an injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer, offer the other cheek also. That's very common scripture. Verse 40 says, if you, are used, or if you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands you, that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard the laws that say love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute, persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as a true child of God, of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and good, and he sends his rain on the just and the unjust alike. A lot of powerful statements were said in that scripture we just read, but turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's message, the title for tonight's message, which is, the title for tonight's message, which is getting even. They say getting even is not our job. Getting even 
It's not our job. Let's pray over uh, the sermon tonight. Come on, let's help out. Let's pray with me. Father, we thank you that your hand's over this service, that your Holy Spirit is running free, God. We thank you, Father, that we're not here for any other motive other than seeing your will be done in this place. So we thank you, Father, for soft minds and open hearts, God, that we're going to be able, God, to see transformation take place tonight. That we're not here for just some simple emotional high, God, but we want to experience something different. We want to experience your presence. Father, we want to experience your love, God. So we just thank you, Father. We give this service over to you. Let your Holy Spirit do what your Holy Spirit does best, which is transform people from the inside out. So we thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place tonight, God. And we just thank you, Father, for how much you love us and for sending your Son to us, God. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says, Amen, Amen, Amen. So I have a childhood story about getting even. Who's ever tried to get even when they're a kid? You know, like you have a bully, you have somebody, you know, you're like, man, I want to get even. Uh, so I had a friend. Um, who's ever had, like, again, who's ever had a childhood friend? Like, they were your friend, but secretly, they were your enemy. Like, yeah, like, you're my friend, we hang out, but secretly, like, you're my enemy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that was one of my friends I had. Um, so I'm, like, 12 years old, and I'm over at, at, at his house, and we're jumping on the trampoline. And, you know, we're just doing, you know, you know, dumb boy stuff, or just like fighting, you know, trying to hurt each other, you know, that's what's our goal, um, and uh, so we're like wrestling and fighting on the trampoline, and we're, we're, we're like fighting, and what, when I'm in the, like I'm jumping on the trampoline, I jump in the, in the trampoline, I'm in the middle of the air, and my friend, who remember, he's my friend, but also he's like secretly my enemy, you know, one of those friends, while I'm in the air, he like pushes me, you know, as far as he can, and, and I, I, like, I like flew off the trampoline, I remember like falling off, and, like, then the wind getting knocked out of me, and, like, I'm hurting myself. And I remember getting up, like, dusting myself off. I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to get some payback on this kid, you know. Like, you know, he's one of the friends who I don't really like. So, you know, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm not going to hold nothing back. And so I thought that in the back of my mind. And so, we, again, we go back, you know, we're, like, wrestling. We're, like, practicing, you know, headlocks on each other. And then the opportunity came. You know, he jumped really high in the air. And so I thought to myself, like, now it's my chance. And so I just remember getting under him. You know, he was smaller than me, too. And I was like, I'm just going to push him as far as I can. So I pushed him as far as he could, and he just goes high, I mean, like high in the air. And all of a sudden, time started to slow down. And I remember thinking, like, yes, I got him. But as I saw him falling, you know those, um, those springs on a trampoline, how they're on the outside, you know? I see him falling, and he's heading. He's not going off the trampoline. He's barely landing on those springs. And the thing is, he's not landing on his back. He's, you know, not landing even on his head, which would have been better. He's landing on a place where every little boy doesn't want to land, okay? If you get that hint. So he's heading for that spring, and I remember thinking, this is not what I planned. This is not what I thought was going to turn out. This is not how, and he goes, and he just lands, I mean, in the worst possible way possible, and he just lets out a scream, and his parents come running, and I just remember, I thought, I remember, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I didn't think, like, you know, I didn't think all this was going to happen, and I got in big trouble, and I got grounded, and the, and the parents, you know, didn't let me come over for a while because, you know, I probably scarred that kid for life, I'm not going to lie, but I remember thinking, I said, man, that payback didn't go to plan. I remember thinking that, and that wasn't the first time that me trying to get even with somebody uh, didn't make things better, but made things worse. 
You know, has that ever happened in your life? Like, you're like, you know what, it's time to get even. And you get even, and it doesn't make things better, but it actually makes things worse. See, in the scripture we just read, um, Jesus is explaining um, some things to uh, his followers. It's, it's all, it's, he has this law, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he says so many awesome things. And one of the things he is explaining to them is that old uh, mosaic law of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You know, that was um, a law that was, you know, was found in, in Deuteronomy. And it's, it's a law that the Pharisees, the, the religious leaders, that's what they held on to. And that's what they told others to follow was that if somebody does something evil to you, well, it's actually written in, in, our, in our law that you can respond to them in the same way. And so they took it even further than a, you know, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But if, if somebody insulted you, according to the law, you have every right to insult them back. If somebody talked bad about you behind their back and, and according to the Mosaic law, you have every right to talk bad about them back. And Jesus actually flipped that upside down and he, and he says the, uh, this, this scripture that's probably the most uh, you know, relayed scripture is, you know, if somebody, you know, you know, tries to slap you on one cheek, right, what you do, you turn the other cheek, right? Who's ever heard of that? Who's ever, you know, um, who's ever getting picked on it at, at school and your mom reminded you of that verse, right? Who's ever had and, you know, people, but when Jesus was, was saying that, he wasn't talking about a physical altercation. When he said, um, you know, when you get slapped in, in, on the side of the cheek, he wasn't talking about a physical altercation. Like if, if somebody comes up to you and they're rearing back like this, you, you duck, okay? God's not saying, you know, go like this and you just take it and say, I'm doing this for you, Jesus. That's not, that's not what he meant, right? But what he was actually talking about was in that society. Who's ever heard of, you know, man, that comment was a slap in the face, that was the context of what he was talking to that society. And he was saying that if somebody insults you, you're not, your job is not to insult them back. You're actually not supposed to insult them back. If somebody talks bad about you, your, your job is not to talk bad about them behind their back as well. That's, that's not what the law was talking about. And he, and he gives some other examples because I've realized that some of the quickest ways to find out if somebody or even yourself is insecure is how do you handle insult? You know, how do you handle insult? You know, who knows those people who, you know, you can just tell that they're not really confident in who they are. And then if somebody gives them, even if it's constructive criticism, they just get offended and they get defensive. And then right away, what do they do? They just throw it back at them. You know, right away, if they receive an insult, they just throw it right back at them. And so uh, what happens is, is, is a lot of times we get, we get trapped in, in trying to get even with people. We get trapped in, in trying to pay back. And we get trapped in trying to make sure that, that, you know, if you do something to me, then I have a right to do it back at you. And so what we're going to be talking about is, is how, we, how we can't lose sight of, of getting trapped in that payback getting trapped in trying to get even, and that's what Jesus was explaining to them because sometimes we, we try to hold on to, to past hurts, right? Somebody insults you, that hurts you, so you hold on to that hurt as a kind of fuel to keep in the back of your mind, say, I'm going I'm to get him back, right? I, I'm going to get even. If you talk about me that way, then don't, hey, you're not going to get away with it. But what we don't realize is that as we're keeping track of all those hurts, we're losing track of our soul and our soul is becoming sour and bitter without us even realizing it. And so that's what we're going to be talking about um, tonight. And I wanted to, to, to look at the story of David, King David and King Saul. 
and it's, it's in the scripture, it's in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 24, verse 2 through 7. 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 2 through 7, and some context on that scripture. So David has been um, anointed to be king, uh, but the problem is there's already a king, it's King Saul. And so Saul is on a vengeful, um, you know, this chased after David. He, he wants to murder David. He's actually tried to kill David like three or four times before this, and each time David has escaped. And the reason why he's actually chasing after David, because he wants to, he wants some payback against David. Because see, what happened is that um, after David killed Goliath, and then David was actually the leader of, of the army, and then at a time, he, 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 David experienced so many victories that the people in Israel started talking better about David than they did about King Saul. And that made King Saul feel insulted. That made King Saul bitter. And so he tried to chase after him and to destroy David. So King Saul is on the hunts, and, and David is on the run. And this is where we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 2 through 7. It, it says this. It says, So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David. And his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. And yes, that means what you're thinking. But as it happens, David and his men were hiding farther back in that very cave. Right? Talk about getting caught with your pants down. Right? I told myself I was going to say that joke, but I couldn't help it. So in verse 4 it says, when they when 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 Saul was caught right red hand right right in a, in an awkward position, it's, it says in verse four. It says, "Now's your opportunity." David demands, whisper to him, "Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with him as you wish." Have you ever had an opportunity presented to you to get payback, right? Like to get even? Like have you ever had something in the back of your mind? Like, man, you know, for, you know, for the married couples, man, last time, like, I made a mistake. My wife got mad at me. So the next mistake she makes, you better be glad, you know, I'm going to make a big deal of it as well. Or, or, or the next time, you know, this happens, like, my boss wasn't nice to me or my, or, or my coworker, he didn't help me when I was struggling. So when my coworker is messing up and he needs help, I'm not going to help him, right? And, and so we, we have, like, these opportunities that present itself to get even but here's the thing, not every opportunity that presents itself is from God. Sometimes there are opportunities that present itself that is actually from the opposition. And so it says that David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, let the Lord forbid that I should do this to the Lord, my king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. You see, David had the opportunity of what seemed to be the opportunity of a lifetime. He's on the run. He has all his men with him. And the number is about 5,000 men with him. They're hiding. King Saul's looking for him to massacre all of them. And all of a sudden, what seems to be an opportunity to end it all, what seems like is an opportunity for David to take advantage of a situation and is to end King Saul right there, and, no, and then he will no longer have to be on the run. But it says that he didn't. It. it says that he had a check in his spirit. 
It said that he had a check in his consciousness. And then he thought to himself that if I killed King Saul, because you got to remember, David had already been anointed to be king. He already been anointed to be king. But yet, but King Saul, right, was still in that, in that place. He, he, you know, King Saul was still king. So he thought to himself, if, if I was to kill King Saul, it wouldn't be God giving me the promotion. It would be me taking that promotion, right? It wouldn't be me exactly stepping into something. It would be me stealing something. So he didn't do it. And that's point number one is that getting even doesn't get you ahead. Getting even doesn't get you ahead. Sometimes we get caught up in thinking that if we respond evil for evil or insult for insult or we, or we do things out of response of how they treat us and we try to pay them back, we think that that will bring us in some way, it will some way uh, improve our situation. It will some way make us feel better about ourselves. It, it, will, it will some way put us ahead. But quickly we will learn but that when we get even, it, it doesn't get us ahead. Not in the kingdom of God. You see, what if David had, had to kill, uh, what if David would have killed Saul? That's, that's the question I asked myself. I said, what if that, in that moment, David took advantage of the situation and he killed Saul? Here's the thing, because Saul actually, eventually, Saul does die in battle against the Philistines a few years later. But what if David would have ki killed Saul then? You see, what was going on in the situation in Israel is that there were some high-ranking officials who were on team Saul. They wanted Saul to be king because currently Saul was king. So they weren't going to, you know, exalt somebody who wasn't even king yet. So if David would have killed Saul, David would never became king. Because he wouldn't have been again viewed as something, as stepping into an identity. It would have been viewed as him stealing an identity from somebody else. It would have been viewed as him killing somebody to get something. And that's the thing in the kingdom of heaven Getting even never gets you ahead. Sometimes in worldly thinking, in worldly things, it might work. You know, you might be able to, you know, out of, out of unjust anger or out of jealousy or out of resentment, you might be able to spread a rumor about a coworker that gets them fired and gets you promoted. But let me tell you something, that's not going to work in the kingdom of heaven. Trying to get even with people does not get you ahead in the kingdom of heaven. The thing that Jesus was trying to tell them is that if you want to be exalted, if you want to be somebody who improves their soul situation, you have to be somebody who is humbled in the presence of others. I think a lot of times what it is is that pride gets in the way and that we think that if somebody treats us away, we can't let them get away with it. You ever thought that? Like, oh, I can't, I can't let them get away with it or else people are going to think they can treat me that way. And we try to make that as a reason for us to get even. But getting even never gets us ahead. Getting even never gets us ahead. Getting even with somebody else will never give you peace. Getting even with somebody else will never give you that, that feeling on the inside that you think it's going to give you. Um, Paul explains it like this in the letter of Romans. Paul explains it like this in, in, the, in the letter he wrote to the Romans. In Romans chapter 12, verses uh, 17 through 21, he, he says this. He says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Everybody say revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge and I will pay them back, says the Lord. 
Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. See, don't let evil conquer you. And this is what is so powerful. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And you can replace those words, that last scripture, with so many things. See, don't let jealousy conquer you, right? Don't let bitterness conquer you. Don't let resentment conquer you. Don't let things that the enemy tried to cast on your shoulders conquer you. A lot of times we think that an, an evil plus an evil equals a right. But an evil plus an evil, what it says, that just means more evil. You're not adding or extinguishing to the fire. You're just adding flames to the fire. And that's point number two, is that getting even does not injure problems, it invites more. Getting even does not injure problems, it invites more. You see, you will never find peace by getting payback, by getting revenge. It is what it says in Scripture, what a man sows is what a man reaps. So if you sow strife in somebody's life, if you sow resentment, if you sow anger, that's what you're going to reap in the future. And I believe that. I believe that if somebody is unwilling or if somebody is uh, unkind to us, if somebody says things behind our back, that if we respond in the same way, we're not canceling out those things. We're just, we're, what we're doing is that we're inviting more of them in the future. We're inviting more of those situations to happen in the future. See, God honors and God trusts and God will bless when, what, when he says when we make sure that we in every step we take is honorable in the eyes of others. You see, never take, it says in that scripture, it says, never take revenge. That's right. It says, leave that to God. Never take revenge. It says, leave that to God, right? Uh, getting even, right? That's not our job. Leave that to God. I believe that when you, do, when you spawn evil for evil, all you're doing is multiplying evil. So don't, don't get revenge, right? Leave that to God. And what we find out is that only in God's will... Only in God's plans, and what we kind of talked about last week, is only when God handles the situation, only when we give God control, that's the only time we're going to find peace. Only in that way. You see, if we try to take the justice upon ourselves, if we try to say, God, you know what, I'm not letting them get away with this no longer. It seems to me like, God, you're not seeing what's going on, so I guess maybe, you know, you're unaware. So I'm just going to, you know, take advantage of the situation, and I'm going to make things right. And if anybody's ever done that, you know what happens is that the more you try to make things right on your own, the wrong, more wrong your situation gets. Because we're supposed to leave revenge or we're supposed to let vengeance be to the Lord. Amen? See, only in God's will, only when you let God handle the situations, will you come out better, not bitter. Better, not bitter. A lot of times when we try to take ownership, if you will, of that situation, and we try to say, God, let me take care of this. That when you exit that situation, you're always going to exit it worse than what you came into it. You're going to have more bitter in your soul. You're going to have more, more of that resentment on the inside of you. But only when you trust God with the, with the plants, only when you trust God with the payback, if you will, will you be able to come out of that situation better. And it says in, it says in Scripture, as we go on what we just read, it says that it will... When you are kind to somebody, when they are rude to you, if, or if, when you, if you respond in kindness with the evil, it says in Scripture, and it's kind of like a, a, a scary Old Testament, you know, wording. It says you'll bring coals of shame on their head. But all that means is that when you do that, you won't, you won't make them feel condemned. It says you will make them feel convicted. See, when you spawn evil for evil, 
what you're doing is that you're, you're basically giving permission to them, to whoever did that to you. You're basically giving them permission to continue it. Because basically you're saying that if you do it and I do it, I think it's okay for you to do it again, right? But when it's somebody is unkind to you, but you respond with kindness, what are you saying? You're saying it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? You, 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 and you sow that into their lives. You sow the kindness into them. God will take care of that conviction. See, when you spawn evil with evil, you'll just add fire to the flames, and what happens? It will consume you both. Who's ever been in that in a situation where somebody wronged you, and so you wronged them back, and all of a sudden, you're playing evil ping pong, you know? What I'm saying is going back and forth, back and forth. You're trying to outdo each other. You're trying to make sure that the other feels more pain than you did before, and all of a sudden, it consumes both of you, and you're in a way worse shape than you were before. And that's what, why we say we've got to leave. We've got to leave vengeance to the Lord. We've got to let God take care of getting even because only him, right? Because when you try to do it, you only bring condemnation. When you try to do it, you only make people feel worse about themselves. When you only let God does it, only the Holy Spirit can convict them into doing the right thing. Amen. Well, what happens is, is that a lot of times the, the drive for revenge, the drive for getting even, the drive for making sure that we get payback, it, the roots of it, it's always in a place of pain and heartbreak. That's the root of it. That's the drive of it. Because you're thinking about how they hurt you. You think about how, it, how, it, how, how much it, it made you f- feel so bad on the inside. And you think about all those things. And in that thinking, you, you, you respond with trying to make sure that they feel the same way. And you say, if, if they hurt me like this, then I need to hurt them like that. Because maybe then it will make me feel better. Or the, the pain that they made me feel, I need to make sure that they feel that same pain so they know how I feel. Have you ever thought of that? That's the second point, or sorry, third point for tonight, is that getting even doesn't disrupt the pain, it deepens it. Getting even doesn't disrupt the pain, it deepens it. Because sometimes we can get caught up in the lie of thinking that if I get even, man, if I can just find a way to, for justice, for revenge, for payback, if I can do that, then maybe this pain on the inside of me that I feel will go away. Maybe this condemnation I feel on the inside of me will go away. Maybe if I make them feel the way they made me feel, maybe that pain inside me will go away. But that's the thing. It never, it never makes the pain go away. It only deepens it. See, getting, getting even does not minimize the heartbreak. It multiplies the heartbreak. It maximizes the heartbreak. It doesn't make us feel any better about ourselves. It, as a matter of fact, right, it, it makes us feel worse about ourselves. You see, trying to get even, trying to get payback can come in many forms, not just physical altercations, not just verbal altercations. Uh, what I've found or what I've seen is that the roots and the cause of most revenge or, or vengeful act is always rooted in unforgiveness. Because we think that since they hurt us this amount and since they did this to us and because of the heartbreak they gave us and because of the way they made us feel, they don't deserve our forgiveness. Has everybody thought of that? You hold on to your unforgiveness because you think that they don't deserve your forgiveness. You think that if you forgave them, then you're giving them a free pass. If you think that if you forgave them, then that's not justice at all. You think that if you forgave them, then in some ways you're giving them a, 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 a get-out-of-jail-free card. But see, that couldn't be further from the truth. 
See, the enemy wants to keep you in that unforgiveness. The enemy wants to keep you in that resentment because the enemy knows that when you have unforgiveness on the inside of you, peace can't reside there also. That if you have unforgiveness on the inside of you, any time that you have joy, any time that there's a moment that it feels like you should be happy, you're reminded of what those people did to you. You're reminded of what happened in the past. And you might be saying, Caleb, you don't know what they did to me. They, I've had some awful things happen to me, right? There's some things that happened to me that I bet there's some stories in this room that people would break down crying if they heard. And you're saying, Caleb, you see, they don't deserve my forgiveness because of what they did. It's so terrible. It's so evil. It's so unimaginable. And we hold on to that. But the thing is that there is no justice in unforgiveness. There is no justice in unforgiveness. See, what we don't realize is that when we think that we are punishing them with our unforgiveness, we're really just poisoning ourselves. When we think that we are bringing them down, when we think that we are holding them in a place of, of, a, of a stronghold, what we're really doing is that we're giving an, an, the enemy a stronghold in ourselves. I think unforgiveness is the root for a lot of things. I think unforgiveness is the, is the root for a lot of the pain that we feel in everyday, day-to-day things. I mean, how many relationships have been ruined by a situation of unforgiveness that you don't even remember what you're mad at them about? You just know that you're mad at them, right? I don't even remember why, but I know how you made me feel, right? Who's never thought of that? And, and because of that, you know, and so many relationships have been ruined because of the refusal not forgiving. But I want, well, I want to encourage people tonight on why we shouldn't get even and why we should just let justice, let, let that getting even, just give that to God. It's because there's freedom in forgiveness. When you choose to forgive, amen, when you choose to forgive, when you choose to say, you know what, I know what they did to me is such an act, such an awful act. But when you have that moment with Jesus and you forgive them of them, you're not releasing them of, 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 of you're not really giving them power. What you're doing is that you're releasing yourself of that poison on the inside of you. And you're going to find freedom in that. So many people have found themselves caught and trapped and imprisoned by their own unforgiveness and they don't even realize it. Right? You, they're trying to have a day, they're trying to live their life, and they think they're happy, but all of a sudden they hear that person's name. You hear that? They hear that person's name, and all those emotions, all those thoughts, all those feelings come rushing back, and all of a sudden they, had, they were having a great day, and now all of a sudden all they are, they're thinking about that person. I wonder what they're doing now. I wonder if they even remember it. I wonder if they even know how they made me feel. And what we think that we are, right, entrapping them, but when really we're just punishing ourselves. Will you all stand with me tonight? I want to close with this thought. I want to close. Let, let God take care of getting even so you can take care of getting better. Let God take care of getting even so you can take care of getting better. Because one thing I, I've, I've learned in my own life is that when I focus on the hurts that the others have caused me, I can miss out on the things that I need to change in myself. I can miss out on what the Holy Spirit wants to do on the inside of me. I think there's a lot of pain in this room, if we're being honest. I think there's a lot of unforgiveness in this room, if we're being honest. 
I think there's a lot of people in, that we can think of in this room that when we just think of their names, we feel the pain. Those are all signs of unforgiveness. Those are all signs of, of hoping that in, in the future we might be able to get even or hoping that even if this is my unforgiveness, I can make them feel justice. But like we said, there's no justice and unforgiveness that getting even is not our job, but it belongs to the Lord because what Jesus wants to do for us is offer us freedom. And he knows that if we get caught up in trying to pay back, if we get caught up in trying to get even, if we get caught up in trying to find the people who wronged us and make them feel the same pain that they made us feel, that if we get caught up in that, that's not a road that leads to freedom. That's a road that leads to anger, resentment, even gets to the point where you even, you're even more mad at yourself than you are at them. And it's all rooted in this, in this stain, in this act, in this lie of the enemy that says that if you forgive them, then you're giving them a pass. If, if you forgive them, then you're giving them a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. If you forgive them, then by, by some thought, some thought of imagination that if you forgive them, then, then by somehow you're, you're, you're making them feel better about themselves or you're... you're making them get a free pass, like I said. Well, I think what God wants, what I think what God, God wants to do tonight is that he wants to relieve us of some unforgiveness. Because whether we realize it or not, there's some acts that we want to get revenge for in our lives. It could be 30 years ago. It could be 30 days ago. It could be 30 minutes ago that we're holding on to. But the more you hold on to unforgiveness, the less you can hold on to God. The more you hold on to unforgiveness, the less you'll be able to hold on the identity that you have on the inside of you. See, God wants to change us from the inside out, and it always starts with number one, which making sure that I'm not out to get people. I'm not out for payback. I'm not out trying to get even. I'm not trying to get revenge. As a matter of fact, I've forgiven all those people. As a matter of fact, those acts they did to them, I'm not going to repay them. Instead, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to speak God's will over them. I'm going to make sure that they protect it. I'm going to make sure that I don't go out and try to get payback. But man, I'm just going to love on them. And what I've learned is that when we, when we pursue peace and we don't pursue payback, that when we pursue things of God and we don't try to push our will on others and make them feel, like I said, that pain that we felt, that when we do that, that you'll get a phone call. You'll, you'll, you'll get a text message. And you'll be saying, man, this might sound crazy, but remember when I said that to you a couple years ago? Remember when I did that to you a few days ago? I just want to say I'm sorry. I just want to say I, I, that, was, that was wrong of me to do. I just want to say that, you know, I just feel I have to say I'm sorry. Now that moment you realize that when you pursue peace, peace will always follow. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.